at the end of the day, who you date, the the most important opinion of that person is you. And I have a little bit of experience with this myself. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm unpacking a message I received recently on Instagram and I will read it to you verbatim. It definitely covers a few different themes and I really just related to a lot of what this message says. It goes like this. I would love you to talk about how hard it can be to find someone after divorce and how the dating scene is so different from 10 to 15 years ago. Also, how you are looking for such different qualities now and you've seen how their lives have played out as we are all older now, so a lot more things to consider. Also, the way people are happy to comment and make judgments on the people that you're seeing or going on a date with, but how they would never talk about their own husbands in the same way. It's kind of strange. Also, I guess just how you get excluded from couples events or even just groups as you're the single one. Okay, so there are a lot of different themes in this direct message. So I've made a few notes on what I identify to be the key themes here so that I can just touch on each of these. Definitely the dating landscape in terms of how difficult or how foreign it can be if you're entering it after a long relationship. The fact that everyone, if you are kind of in your 30s, 40s and beyond, you've likely had a life up until that point. You know, no matter what it is, you've got some degree of life that has happened in terms of exes or kids or you've really established yourself in a certain area or you're really set in your ways. So that's another part of it. Other people's judgments as well. And then feeling excluded because you are now the single person. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So you guys know I have covered a lot of these topics in different podcast conversations. If you relate to this topic, definitely check out Surviving Separation and go back through all of the previous podcast chats because I speak with a variety of experts and we do dig in a little bit more to each of these kind of areas. But in sticking with today's theme of unpacking this direct message, first and foremost, yes, The dating landscape is so different if you're entering it after having been in a long-term relationship because the difference in terms of how people date now and what considered is commonplace 
is so far removed from how it was 10 or 15 years ago. You know, I can't remember. I don't know exactly off the top of my mind when the first dating website was shared. I know that was in fact like 15 years ago or so, but it was really quite taboo and very odd for people to date online. Whereas now it's the normal thing, like that is how you date. The culture has completely shifted. And I can remember entering the dating landscape after my decade long relationship and just being so shocked at how much dating apps impact every area of dating. Because all of a sudden you realize that you are quite disposable in a way, because you can be on a date with someone and you realize that they have access to hundreds of people just in their pocket. With that little computer in their pocket, they can reach out and connect with so many more people. So they might leave the date and maybe it was a fine date. You know, sometimes first dates are just, eh, they're okay and you need to go on another date to see how it is. But if you have access to so many more people, so easily. You can get straight into your car and before you even drive away, you can flick through 50 profiles or see if anyone else is interested in you. It does bring about this disposable feeling, I think. It also has really dulled people's inclination to want to go and connect in the wild. When I was single many moons ago, like in my early 20s, I remember we would go out and you would just mingle with people. And I feel like mingle is like such a dated word. It just came out so naturally though, didn't it? And you'd go out, you dance, you drink, you would interact with people. You might see someone from across the room and before you know it, you're making an excuse to have a chat. That might not be everyone's experience, but I know for a lot of people, you would go out and about and you would just meet people. Like you'd exchange phone numbers, you'd organize a date. It would be really exciting. There'd be that chemistry, that rhythm. Whereas fast forward to now, like well not now as in today, but recent, not, not even that recently, like when I was single, so maybe two years ago, it's Friday when I'm recording this episode, guys. My brain is a bit mush. But two years ago, when I was single, I was out in Brisbane. We were at a bar on the river there. And there was this kind of attractive man that one of my friends was interested in. And she said, oh, I'll quickly see if he's on Tinder or Hinge. So we are like five meters away from this person. But instead of going over and introducing herself or, you know, throwing the eyes. It's like, oh, my safest bet is to see, is he single? Because if he's on Hinge or Tinder, he'll be available, like that kind of thing. And maybe I can match with him and say, I saw you in real life or something like that. And I do understand the rejection component to it, but I also think that's detrimental. And I know I'm going off on a bit of a different tangent here, but if we are so afraid to approach someone in real life and be rejected and we want to just kind of avoid any discomfort, I think that we're setting ourselves up to be less resilient in so many other social interactions for sure. But the dating landscape is just so different. And for some people, it will be really exciting at the start. I've heard people say that dating apps also put their best like users forward so that if you are a new user of a dating app, you'll sign in and you'll be like, oh, look at all these great people. So many prospective matches here. But that is an algorithm to keep you 
on the app because like social media, a dating app wants to keep you on the app, keep you engaged, keep you using the app because that is how they make money. So yes, all of this is to say it can be the wild west and I do think it's really important to approach dating apps as a tool and not the be all end all because at first it might be really exciting but then you might start to get dating app fatigue. I think it's really important that we don't just focus on dating apps only. And if you are using apps and you find that you're getting in this dynamic where you're talking to someone, but nothing's really happening, pull the trigger and ask them out on a date and get to that point of meeting them in real life quicker, I think, rather than investing too much energy in it too soon. But yes, I acknowledge exactly what you are saying. It's just so different now. The second point Yes, they have had a life. They may have children. They may have ex-partners that they're still in touch with because of kids. Like they've got all of this stuff. And as this message says, you know, their life has kind of played out to an extent. And that's not to say that their life is over, but they have gone through a lot of the firsts. Maybe they've been married. They've had the kids. They've bought the house. They've done all of those things that I think are presented to us as really important milestones and part of that striving year, like striving years, excuse me, mentality of you have to always be moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And so I understand that if you are in the dating pool and you're in your 30s or your 40s and beyond, you might feel a little bit like disenchanted because they've done all of those things. But I think it's really important to actually pause and have a look at the social constructs and the pressure and the importance that society places on all of those firsts and to not get too, not to get like, just to not put too much focus on it really, because at the end of the day, yes, they have a history. Yes, they have baggage, but we all do. And that's just part of life. And so I think that, of course, that is another element to consider, particularly if you have children yourself and then you're dating someone who has children, you know, how are they going to get along? How are you going to manage seeing each other, particularly in the early days, if you're not ready to merge? And I, as someone that, you know, has merged pretty quickly, but Brendan's not got his own kids. That's something that needs to be done with a lot of consideration, I think. How old are the children? Where do the kids go to school? All of those logistical things, the custody arrangement. If two people that are dating have kids, that can be really tricky to align schedules as well. So yeah, there is a lot of stuff, but I also tend to believe that that sort of stuff is really off-putting. It can be off-putting. It can derail people. If that is not your person, I remember hearing in another podcast, someone say, um, the difference between like creepy and acceptable behavior is sometimes how attractive you find someone, right? So say a guy is acting in a way of being really persistent. If you are actually attracted to him, you might find that hot, but if someone is really persistent and you are not attracted to them, you would find that really off-putting. And that just popped into my mind when I'm talking about all of these challenges and obstacles that you may have to overcome simply because this person has lived a life. But if that is your person, you will find a way of overcoming them no matter what it is. And yes, it takes effort, 
But I think one of the most amazing things about being with someone who has had a life is that they do understand that these things take effort usually. And sometimes that comes because they've lost something important. They've gone through a hard breakup. They don't want to do it again. They understand what it's like to be on their own. Life experience is such a gift. I've often thought that if I thought the same way or I felt the same way about myself or I understood myself better, perhaps is the more accurate way to describe it. But if I knew myself better, I probably would have had a much more successful marriage. And that's not based on the person that I was with or anything like that. Just in terms of, I think that I really needed, really needed my early thirties, the last six years to really figure out who I am and to break some of the really unhelpful conditioning that led me to make poor choices and led me to think that certain things were normal when they're really not. And so, yes, if someone's lived a life that comes with baggage, but it also comes with pearls of wisdom and the ability to actually have so much self-growth and personal development So try not to think of that as too much of a negative. It's definitely something to consider, but there are a lot of gifts in it as well. Other people's judgments on who you're dating. Interesting one. Really interesting. I do understand what you're saying in terms of maybe you've got friends that are in marriages or they're just partnered up. And they start casting really hard and fast judgments on the people that you're even just matching with. And it's kind of tempting to be like, look, it's just a dating profile. It's just a photo. It's just what they've said. They've just answered the prompt. And maybe if your husband uploaded a dating profile, he wouldn't have the most amazing dating profile either. Like this is a person. It's not just an avatar that you get to pick apart and make judgments on. So keep that in mind for yourself as well, because if you are going to your friends and you're showing them who you're matching with or who you're going on dates with, and you're feeling like they're very quick to judge you, I would actually recommend not going to those friends and showing them who you're going on a date with. Choose who you share this information with wisely. There's no gun to your head that says you have to like share all of that information with everyone in your group chat or all of the people that you know, like you can be discerning with who you share that with until you have formed your own opinion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've actually had that experience myself where when I have been single and I've had other friends be single, we could kind of get caught up in this cycle of, I don't want to say like nitpicking, but almost over analyzing and not giving people the full chance. I remember going on nights out with single friends and thinking, oh, that guy's kind of attractive. And, you know, you might try and throw them the eye across the bar thinking I'm back in my 20s. And then a friend would be like, "Ooh, ooh, look at his shoes or "Ooh, look at his shirt. Like all of these things that are really 
truly not that important. I think a lot of people are very quick to write other people off. So until you have formed your own judgment, you don't have to go and like present to the board and crowdsource for opinions on what they think of the person that you may or may not go on a date with. And it sounds like you have great insight as well because you have said they are picking apart this person in a way that they would never do to their own partner or that they would never be comfortable someone doing to theirs. And you could maybe like, depending on your comfortability level with passive aggressiveness, you could make a little jab back. Like if they're judging the person that you're going on a date with, you could give a little bit back and, you know, maybe comment on their husband's behavior like this. Depends again what you're comfortable with. Or you could be the adult and have an honest conversation with them or again, just avoid that situation altogether. Something I will say though, is if someone makes a judgment about the person you're going on a date with and it triggers you, also go inwards. What are you being triggered about? Because is it that, you know, maybe the case that they've said something like, oh, he's got two kids to two women I don't know if that's a good sign and maybe inside you have the same internal judgment, but you just haven't shone a light on it or allowed yourself to really look at it. And so then when someone says it out loud or forces you to notice it, it can be really uncomfortable. It's, you know, a really nice concept to think that we could live in a world where we're not passing judgment on people, but passing judgment on people is kind of human nature. And that's not to say that your first judgment is your accurate judgment, right? Because we've got to use our wise mind to go, okay, I've got that bit of data. It's telling me that, or it's bringing this up within me. What is that really like? What is that really about? What can I do about it? What do I need to explore? How can I look at this in a different way? At the end of the day, who you date, the, the most important opinion of that person is you. And I have a little bit of experience with this myself because when you are dating people and you're getting to know people, sometimes people will be really protective of you, right? And that comes from such a great place. It's nice to have people that are protective of you, but sometimes that protectiveness can come across as being judgmental and that's not a pleasant feeling either. So if someone is really close to you and they care about you enough to be protective, hopefully they care enough about you to also listen to you and trust your judgment. Exclusion, feeling like, well, not even feeling like actually not being invited places anymore is unfortunately a very common experience for a lot of women when they have gone through a separation. Maybe it's to do with the fact that people find it uncomfortable. I've had guests on the podcast and we've spoken about this. Um, Jacinta, when we spoke about, I'm trying to remember what the name of that episode was called. I think it's called Our Separations Contagious, Jacinta Tynan. She spoke about how she almost felt like people sometimes get this fear that if you can go through a separation, maybe that means they can as well. And so they kind of want to shun the single woman and not look at her. I... You'll you'll hear, go back and have a listen to that episode if you haven't already, because I do unpack a few other judgments that I've experienced as well. And that experience of feeling excluded, 
I do think it's important to try and find some women that are in a similar position to you so that you can feel really seen and understood. There are Facebook groups you can join. Um, I think that that would be a really good place to start, particularly if you can find some Facebook groups that are local to you. Try and connect with women who have walked the path before you who are, or who are walking it currently. And if you can't do that in real life, you might find it really comforting to listen to other people's stories, audiobooks, podcasts, read books, like just absorb other people's experiences because I think it will be really validating and normalizing for you. And just know that if people are excluding you, and I know this is so cheesy, it's something you'd say to your kids, but like it truly says much more about them than it says about you, even though you are the one carrying the burden of that exclusion. Don't be afraid to bring it up to them. You know, don't be afraid afraid to say, hey, maybe, maybe it's all in my head here and I'm being sensitive if you want to, you know, hedge it that way. But I'm feeling like I'm missing out now. You know, tell me that it's in my head and have a chat with these people because again, if they care about you, they will want to hear and know and understand from your perspective. Going through a separation is so challenging. Being a single mom is so challenging. Um, You know, it can be great as well, but there are a lot of stigmas associated with being a single mom in a way that are not associated with being a single dad. It's a very different thing that we're going through. So I think if you can connect with other women, that's going to be really, really helpful. All right. I know I've kind of sped through all of these, but I wanted to just touch on them all lightly. Um, I hope that that is helpful and just know that you are not alone. If you enjoy this style of message when I am unpacking a direct message, even if it's a little bit chaotic today because there was a lot to unpack, let me know. You can always slide into my DMs. You can find me on Instagram at Kylie Lately, and I do appreciate you listening. If you're feeling a little bit lonely and you are craving more connection, make sure you come on over to the I Am Podcast group chat. It's a Facebook group and the link is in our show notes. It's a place where you can share reflections from the podcast or ask questions and connect with other like-minded women. Again, details are in the show notes or search I Am Group Chat on Facebook. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.